Welcome to an emergency episode of Legally 40-ish. I am Natasha. And I am Allegra. And the only way we get Natasha back here is something happens in the Supreme Court. So here she is. Well, it's certainly not going to be some celebrity defamation. I can't even talk. Defamation trial. Oh my gosh. So I did want to like briefly touch on something, but I won't because it's so, I mean, you already think it's so unimportant, but it's extra unimportant with what's going on in the world. So we will skip any Kardashian news today and we'll head straight to the Supreme court. Oh God, please. Yes. Uh, no. And I actually don't mean to make light. I'm talking about the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard. Oh no, I know. I know. But, and I don't mean to make light of it. Johnny Depp is a human being. She seems crazy. That's what I have to say about that. That is my expert opinion on Johnny <laughs> Is that Depp. a legal opinion? It's a legal opinion. Okay. Um, no, so huge news out of SCOTUS. SCOTUS is Supreme Court of the United States. This is a leaked majority draft opinion. This does not happen in Supreme Court, typically. Well, let's is- talk about what this means first, really quick. So most of you, if you are listening to this episode, you've probably already heard that a draft opinion from the Supreme Court. So a draft meaning it is not a final opinion. It's just a draft that is being circulated amongst the justices was leaked yesterday. So that's what we're here to discuss today. Yes. And it is an opinion that unequivocally overturns Roe versus Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey. Now, as a preliminary matter, when you hear Roe and Casey, most people know what Roe versus Wade is. And I was actually thinking about this. Most people don't know Supreme Court cases by name, right? In law school, you kind of have to learn them, and especially for the bar exam, and it's a way to remember holdings and stuff that you have to learn, holding being like what the court said in a particular case. But everyone knows Roe versus Wade. If you And if you know nothing else about politics, you probably know something about abortion mm-hmm. or the the fight for either for or against. Um, so what was I saying? Oh my God. I already just lost my train. I was going to say, I said preliminarily, wait, you is said that a word? A, mm-hmm. It's preliminarily. That's not a, it's a word. word. Okay. Well, it doesn't sound right. Um, as a preliminary matter. Yeah. But then I, I totally forgot what I said. Cause I started going on about holdings and names and well, we're talking about Roe versus Wade and well, um, obviously Planned Parenthood versus Casey. So Okay. Oh, what do those case two cases stand for? I think that's where you were going. Well, my side note was that people know Roe versus Wade by Mm -hmm. name. And then you hear about Planned Parenthood versus Casey. You hear it talked about as Roe and Casey. What does that mean? Roe versus Wade was the seminal case that was handed out in 1973 that said a woman had a right to a pre-viability abortion, a right protected by the United States constitution. Wait, can I just insert here? I think we talked about this in our very first episode of Legally 40-ish or very early on. I'm going to look it up. We did. So so if you want any background information on how we even got to where we're at today and what we're talking about, go listen to that episode because you'll get some information. You'll understand how we ended up having this issue even before the Supreme Court again. Yep. That's the case. Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. Okay. I'm sorry. I interrupted. Go ahead. Okay. So then Planned Parenthood versus Casey came down and I think it was 1992. And it affirmed the central holding of Roe, we say, which means that it was like, yeah, women still have a pre-viability right to an abortion, basically. But then Casey changed it in a few ways. It added this what's called an undue burden standard, which is like basically a law can't put too much of an obstacle in the path of a woman seeking an abortion. So Casey itself dealt with um, 
Pennsylvania had passed some laws that, sorry, I'm looking at my notes, put restrictions on abortions, including like a 24 hour waiting period, uh, spousal notification requirements and parental notification requirements. And one of the big kind of things to come out of Casey, and this is what you'll hear conservatives here, conservatives argue a lot is that the justices that upheld Roe in the Casey case did so on the basis of stare decisis, which is, you know, respecting precedent, right? And so you hear that talked about in the opinion too, is like basically like, I think a lot of people claim that some of the justices did want to overturn Roe in the Casey case, but they didn't because they're like, oh, sorry, just toss this. Oh my God, it's late. It's been a long day of contracts <laughs> and corporate law. I can barely talk. That's okay. You're doing a great job. Um, so You're doing anyway. great, sis. <laughs> okay. Are you drinking? That is a very loud beverage. You know, what are you I drinking? Forget, I forget that there's a microphone. It's I, what do you think it is? It's iced tea. I know. Do you know? No. Do you want to take a guess at what I'm drinking? I haven't shown you yet. Is it stupid? Like a ginger shot? No. Is it coffee? Coke Zero. Mm-hmm. Mm, which, yeah. I mean, if I burp, I apologize in advance. <laughs> <laughs> Super professional here. Um, that's what you come here for. Yeah. Okay. Uh, go back to Starry Decisis and Chief yeah. or Justices wanting to overturn Roe, but they didn't because of precedent. Because that's a big deal in our court, is right? I mean, so it's that's... supposed to be. <laughs> um, but but here's like the crazy thing about precedent that I think Democrats probably get mad at me for saying, but it's the truth. Both sides have activist judges, right? And sure. the sense that judges are making policy, whether they're actually setting out to make that policy or not judges' decisions make policy. The Supreme Court has made policy for years because it decides what our constitutional rights mean. That's just a reality. So one of the big things you hear from the Supreme Court now is, oh, we're returning the issue of abortion back to the states where it belongs, which is the political process and people and their elected representatives at the state level. So, oops, oh my God, I just smacked the microphone. I'm really sorry. Um, Anyway... So you have Roe and Casey, stare decisis, respecting precedent, supposed to be a big deal. But really, when it comes down to it, constitutional law is whatever the Supreme Court fucking says it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the reality. That's how it's always been. I remember learning about that in law school. I'm like, wait a minute. These are nine unelected people that often when you change one of them out and the way they change out is basically they either die or they retire at like a really late age mm-hmm. or old age, late age. So that is that. Actually, I kind of like that. I'm in my later age right mm-hmm. now. Like that's, um, it, it's just very rare for Supreme Court justices to change because they're lifetime appointments. And so the law can change though. As soon as someone, I mean, look at the reaction when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. People mm-hmm. knew that that one vote was going to change things. And then a Republican president replaced her with Amy Coney Barrett. We just use so, Republican in quotes. Yeah. Uh, so let's get to the root of what this draft opinion says. It says, and I'm going to okay. read from it. What? Can I back up real quick? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because we're not going to go into all the history of how we got here. You're going to go listen to episode two of Legally Fordish to get that information. But um, can I just say really quick, this is a 98-page draft um, authored by Justice Alito, who is traditionally... A, do we use the word conservative versus liberal say, justice? Sure, he's a conservative justice. Yeah, yeah. So, um, again, because it's a draft, 
we don't know if anyone's actually joining in this opinion, right? I mean, well, the way it works with the Supreme Court is that this wouldn't have been circulated essentially if they did not have like five votes for a majority. So after our argument, which was in, I think, December, justices conference, and they take like a preliminary vote, I think. And at some point, five justices indicated that they were going, they were willing to overturn Roe versus Wade. And I forget the deed. I was kind of looking it up last night and I lost my notes, but it's basically, yes, at some point, five justices have at least said yes, but it's not final yet. It could change. And then there's all these conspiracy theories as to like, who leaked it? Why did they leak it? Was it actually someone that's liberal? Was it actually someone that's conservative for different reasons? But let's just get to the heart of it. Okay. Um, Because we're trying to make this where you don't have to know everything that's going on, but just know a little bit about what's going on. And I'm going to quote from this draft opinion. We hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. The Constitution makes no reference to abortion, and no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision, including the one on which the defenders of Roe and Casey now chiefly rely, the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment. That provision has been held to guarantee some rights that are not mentioned in the Constitution, but any such right must be, quote, deeply rooted in this nation's history and tradition, end quote, and another quote, implicit in the concept of ordered liberty, end quote. That's a, and that's a quote from Washington versus Glucksburg, which is another interesting case we should talk about on a different pod, which where the Supreme Court said that we do not have a constitutional right to assisted suicide, to die, basically. No constitutional right to die. So this is as bad as it gets. If you're pro-choice, this opinion is really, really bad. Uh, so what's the practical effect if it actually becomes a ruling? It would mean that states would be free to make abortion illegal again. A number of states have what are called trigger laws on the books, meaning the second row versus Wade is overruled officially. These laws go into effect either banning abortion totally or at a certain time in pregnancy. Um, Can we make something really clear by that? I think that that's a super important point that you've just touched on is that if this becomes the opinion of the court. If this becomes a final decision, this does not make abortion illegal. Correct. What this does is this allows the states to make laws to either allow or prevent abortion, correct? It'll well what it does is it allows states to make laws that make abortion illegal. Correct. Yeah. The states could do that now. They could protect abortion now under a state constitution sure. or a state law. But now but- there can be laws that in place that will restrict the ability to give to, to have an abortion. But I think people I'm seeing a little bit online, people are saying, Oh my gosh, the Supreme court is going to make abortion illegal. That's not what this decision would do. It shouldn't do that. There is a way to get to that place, but I don't think it's going to, it's not going to happen here, but it might happen in the future, which is part of the reason this decision is so bad. Um, but no, the overturning of Roe versus Wade just returns the issue back to the states, states okay. deciding, do we want to ban abortion or not? I don't know if you saw, but in California, uh, Gavin Newsom and a couple, I think whoever leads the Senate and the assembly here or are proposing a constitutional amendment that enshrines the right to an abortion in our state's constitution. You've, I think other states have that right in their constitution, or we're going to see that beefing up a lot. I always joke that people 
never, never like to talk about state constitutional law because it's not as sexy as federal constitutional law. And then I laugh because I'm like, I don't think anyone thinks federal constitutional law is sexy. It's <laughs> you. Me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's me. And so law professors that like go really, really, really far the other way. But no, there are con, there are like normal con law nerds out there like me who are like corporate lawyers that moonlight as nerdy students forever. I don't know. <laughs> But and I'm, and I'm wondering why you haven't been on a date in a while. <laughs> that that is not the reason. That is that's one of the cooler things about me. I mean, I don't know. But the point is that no, <laughs> this decision it does not make abortion illegal. But here's yeah. how you get to there. So this is another thing where you're going to see this ramp up because the first step really is to get Roe and Casey overturned, get them out of there, so states can make abortion illegal. The way you would get to nationwide, or one of the ways I guess you could get to nationwide um, banning of abortion, is to get a case in front of the court that where the court has the opportunity to say unequivocally that a fetus is a person within the meaning of the 14th Amendment. That would make abortion itself unconstitutional, aka illegal. Can I ask you a question? You just did. Another one? Um, no, I want to know whether or not this could, this decision could lead to stripping of other rights that the court has found are uh, constitutional rights, like having to do with gay marriage or mm-hmm. things like that. Certainly opens the door. Okay. And the reasoning. So one of the big, this is what I posted the video about earlier is I haven't had to watch it yet, but go to our Instagram at Did Legally she, Gordish. She, can we just say, she just said, I haven't had to watch it yet. Oh, I haven't had the opportunity to watch I think, it yet. I think she meant the opportunity, <laughs> but she did say, I haven't had to do that yet. No, I haven't had the opportunity. I walked in the door, whatever. I changed into some sweats and here I am. It, it's all right. Uh, but that video, I just did really brief because as I read to you this part where they're like, here's the holding. Again, draft, draft, draft. We don't know. for Why am I holding my lip gloss? I don't know. Um, it talks about how abortion's not referenced in the Constitution. And I think you hear this a lot. This has been a long-held belief and argument that the anti-abortion movement has used for years. It's like, you can't have this as a constitutional right. It's not even in the Constitution. And that's silly in some ways because there are other rights that are protected that are not expressly in the Constitution too, like the right to marry like the right, I don't think the right to travel is expressly in the constitution, the right to um, use birth control, where that was like Griswold versus Connecticut, which came before Roe, which a lot of people argue really paved the way for Roe, because it talks about this. Roe stems out of like an overarching privacy right. Mm -hmm. Privacy meaning like in those contexts, the right to make decision over your own bodily autonomy. And the right to privacy, though, itself is not an explicit right in the Constitution. It doesn't say, like, Section 1, right to privacy, and here's what it means. And the Constitution doesn't say that about anything. It doesn't really define much. But conservatives argue, okay, abortion's not in the Constitution. I see Marsha Blackburn, who's a senator from Tennessee, she constantly is posting on Twitter, the word abortion doesn't appear in the Constitution. Well, there's a lot of shit that doesn't appear in the Constitution. Also, there's a lot of shit in the Constitution that sucks. Mm-hmm namely um slavery mm-hmm. that was enshrined in the constitution and treatment of women mm-hmm. and i mean so yeah the, so it's like such a 
it kind of breezes over the real issue when you say like, oh, the constitution's flawed, but it's so great. Like, really? Like, no, it's flawed as fuck. But the power of the Supreme Court to decide what the constitution means, to interpret it, to decide what constitutional rights mean, that power is not expressly in the constitution either. So it's real fucking rich for conservatives. And I'm not saying like, I agree, like when they decided Roe versus Wade and, and, you know, articulated the, the fundamental right to whether you want an abortion or not, that, yeah, they use their power of judicial review to do that. But that power is not in the Constitution. So, and that's always funny to people. Okay, it's funny to me. I don't know that anyone else thinks it's actually funny, but it came from a case. You learn this in law school, but we'll just briefly go over it here. It was 1803. It was a case called Marbury versus Madison. And it basically established judicial review. The Supreme yeah. Court, in interpreting the Constitution, said it was the Supreme Court that had the power <laughs> to do so, essentially. Um, and whether that's right or wrong, yeah, I mean, that's it's what it is. Operated. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's so, and, and, and you also hear, you know, it's not that it came out of left field either. Hamilton wrote about it in Federalist 78, which is the one about the ju- judiciary, federal judiciary. But it, it's kind of like, he's kind of lost me on that because he also talks about how independent the judiciary was going to be and how it was going to be so insulated from politics. And that's just not the reality. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. The Supreme Court's political and it has been. Well, and I will say, if I can just interject, obviously this draft opinion could change before it becomes the final opinion, Yep. but it starts the first paragraph I think is really strange because it's talking about the morality of abortion, where I don't think it's the Supreme Court's job to be commenting on the morality of abortion. And I just thought that was a very interesting way to start it. I just didn't feel like it was appropriate or it is appropriate for the Supreme Court to be commenting. And no, they're not giving their opinion, but by reaching the conclusion they reach, <laughs> um, I feel like there is sort of a, a, an insinuation on on the morality of it because it says it starts with abortion presents a profound moral issue on which Americans hold sharply conflict- conflicting views. Some believe fervently that a human person comes into being at conception and that abortion ends in innocent life. Others feel just as strongly that any regulation of abortion invades a woman's right to control her own body and prevents women from achieving full equality. Still others in a third group think that abortion should be allowed under some, but not all circumstances. And those within this group hold a variety of views about the particular restrictions that should be imposed. I just felt like, I don't know. I don't, in starting it that way, I felt like we don't, I don't, I don't believe that that should be an issue that the Supreme Court even touches on. Well, so then that's kind of Alito and the conservatives point, at least the way in which they reach their, their conservative policy outcome is to say, oh, the constitution prevents this from being a constitutional right. This really belongs with the states. To allow the people and whatever the majority view is to be the law of that particular state. Yeah. And that's a basic split in ideology between Democrats and Republicans. Conservatives are often like it's limited government, limited federal government. Most power goes with the states. That's going to mean that states are going to have different laws. They're going to enshrine different rights. They're you're, Yes, so that means it's not going to be equal rights everywhere if states are allowed to have more power. States do have a lot of power, generally speaking, because when you think about it, they really regulate most of what we do mm-hmm. on a daily basis. However, if you want to make nationwide progress in terms of human rights, fundamental rights, 
the way to do that is through the national constitution. So that there's sort of a split in ideology there sure. where I know people who are relatively conservative, but really constitutional conservatives where it's like, they're not against gay marriage, but they don't think that the national platform is the place to enshrine that. I disagree with that because I'm like, no, if someone in, in California has that right, why shouldn't someone in Arkansas be willing or be willing to, or you don't have the ability. Yes. Have the ability as well. Yeah, I agree. But it's a sharp ideological split. And that's what anything in government, that's not just abortion, but, but you bring up the point that yeah, that is part of their argument that it's a it's a polarizing issue that should be left to the people, not the courts. Yeah, it's 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 complicated. We have our own opinions on it. And obviously, this isn't the time or the place. I think that right now, I mean, what I will say when when you told me about this yesterday, you told me I, I got a text from you as I was walking to the gym and I was like, what? Like I. And then yeah, there was still like crazy. uncertain whether it was like actual, whether it was real. They and then it was confirmed it. today. Yeah. That yes. it, it, this is real. This is legitimate. Yeah. Um, and of course, uh, again, some people are spending more time and energy focusing on who leaked it and why and how versus what is going to happen. So um, I don't think we should spend time on that, especially because we're trying to keep it shorter, but what happens now? So when is this opinion actually, when was it supposed to come out? Typically, the biggest cases of the year. June, right? June, yeah. Yeah. Because we actually. May. So we don't, I I don't know. And the statement by Roberts, just Chief Justice Roberts, was like, we're going to get to the bottom of this. And it's kind of like, and again, yeah, there's a split there. Conservatives are like, oh, the integrity, the legitimacy. No offense, but like the court is not legitimate to speak. And it's not just this issue, it's the fact that the court pretends it's independent, that. You're really going to tell me it's a coincidence that every time there's a huge political issue that the court's opining on, even though they say they don't technically opine on political issues, the whole political question doctrine, which they're supposed to refrain from opining, they make policy. Like that's what, and it just depends on what you think, right? So like, I think Obergefell versus Hodges was a great decision because it legalized same-sex marriage, but that's because my personal view is that same-sex marriage should be legal, but other people disagree with that. Or they disagree with the fact that it's the Supreme Court saying that and not states. Mm-hmm. But the the I look at that and I'm like, but the states did say no. In you know, and it, it, it's just it's and it's it's all complicated. Every issue is complicated, but particularly abortion. And so, what happens next? We're going to wait for the official decision to come down, and then you will see. And, and it'll be interesting to see how much the final decision will differ, if at all, from this. There's theories and speculation, and I don't really, there's speculation that like, whether it's a conservative or liberal that leaked it and for varying reasons, but if it's, um, you know, a conservative, they want to see like what the like public response is and see if they need to adjust parts of the, but like, that's not how the Supreme Court works Mm -hmm. also. And I don't know, I wasn't there when the, (laughs) I didn't, I'm not privy to the sources, Politico, the one that published it they're protecting their source that's what journalists are supposed to do um so journalists and you know lots of people say things about the mainstream media nowadays but journalists are supposed to inform the public particularly of what's going on in government that's an important role 
And there's like, I know the Washington Post saying is, you know, democracy dies in darkness. And it's true. If you're not, if you don't know what's going on in government, yeah. you don't have journalists out there telling you what's going on. Now there's a trust issue. There's narratives. There's all of that of misinformation, disinformation. We've got all those issues too. And we're not going to solve them right now. I don't think you and me, but, um, but this was a big deal to, to have a leaked full opinion, draft opinion, and one that is this consequential. We'll see what happens. I mean, I don't imagine I, I, although I believe that the opinion as written can change. I don't believe that the ultimate decision will change. I believe that Roe versus Wade will be overturned in the next month or so. Yeah. I think that's right. The substance will not change. Mm -hmm. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate you taking the time to read this. I haven't read the whole thing and it's I mean, long and it goes through a lot of history. A lot of Roe itself went through a lot of history too. And it's interesting that people say Roe is, you know, shoddy reasoning. People say this is, is shoddy reasoning over. I mean, at, at the end of the day, everyone's just got an opinion, right? Justices included. Um, again, I appreciate you doing, taking a look at this. I appreciate you hopping on and hopefully this was somewhat helpful or helpful for some people. I don't know. I'm out of breath. Like I just talked too much. <laughs> <laughs> Exhausted. Anyway, right, thank well, you. Well, until next time. Wait, you know what I was thinking actually today? I had a thought. Um, that's it. That's a story. I, I had a thought. <laughs> a you know thought. how we need a new intro because you know how in the intro I every Monday I, that too. Oh. I said I was like. I think I say something in the intro, like the law can be fun or even funny. And yeah. how often is the law fun? Really? I mean, we have fun with it. But are we having fun with it or are we having fun? Cause we just think each other are fun. Well, we have fun together. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I thought it. we had to change it. Cause we say in every Monday we bring, and I'm like, I don't think we've put out a show on a Monday in ages. No. So yeah, we should change that too. Yeah. It's, Listen, right, well, we're lucky to even get on here and record something. I don't know about changing an intro. I, I agree with you. All right. Well, it's been fun. I'll talk to you soon. And until next time, bye. Bye.